You know, Lisa, we're talking about unity and healing that's so desperately needed in our nation right now. You and I just had the experience of going to Armenia, and uh, Yerevan is 30 miles from the border of Iran. And uh, we met with so many, well, over 4,000 pastors and leaders. They actually closed to the general public because they didn't have enough room in the building. And we saw uh, pastors and leaders there from 13 nations. We saw them there from Afghanistan, from Syria, from Turkey, from Turkmenistan. We we saw them there from many Kazakhstan, Syria. Yep. yep. Many from uh, Russia and Iran. Siberia. (laughs) Yes. And, um, you know, I I love during that conference and... uh, the leader got up, our, our dear friend, Pastor Arthur, and he said, where else could you go and find Jews and Arabs worshiping God right now in the same building? Because there were Jews and there were Arabs. There were people there from Israel. He said, where can you go and find you know, people from these different nations, uh, from Armenia and nations that... Well, even Ukraine and Russia. Ukrainians and Russians. That's (laughs) what it was. That was the other one I was looking for. And um, why? Because, you know, they genuinely loved each other. And we watched them. We watched, we talked to these leaders. We had closed door meetings with them and watched how much they loved each other. And, you know, the gospel is the answer. It is the answer to a hurting and dying world. And when you try to cut the gospel out of schools, out of government, out of society, you know what's really amazing? If you look at our forefathers, our forefathers, there were 250 men and women that were considered our founding fathers. And, you know, the most ungodly, they say, this is, they say that the top five most ungodly forefather was Benjamin Franklin. Yet in his speech to unite the union, he had 14 sentences and he made references from 14 scriptures. I've heard that speech just recently and I was in awe of how much scripture he used. It wasn't really Ben, but it was a, a version of him. Well, I heard his, his words. His, his speech, words were yes. recorded. And so teasing with here, you, yes. here is the ungodly people. Because, yeah. you know, we know he, you know, you even shared with me, you know, about hey, his life. Hey, hey. And hey, I'm not going there. So anyway, but we, but here's the ungodly man who uses all these scriptures. And you know what he said? He said that a strong America will only be, it will only occur is if we base our government and our society on the scriptures. And yet here he says that. And so, you know, if it, it, you know, I, I share with you, I think it was in 1860s, uh, the Supreme Court ruled eight to zero that any high school or uh, grammar school that did not teach the Bible would not get government funding. So here's a nation that was birthed by our forefathers that taught the word of God. Why? Because the word and now of, if they teach the Bible, they lose their government. They funding. lose their government funding. I know. And so we have diverted so far away from what the founding fathers came over here for. They were in a troubled Europe, a Europe that was declining because Europe at that time used to be, I mean, if you look at the British empire, it was very powerful, but they started walking away from God. Mm-hmm. We can't walk away from God. And the way we don't walk away from God is to become, is to become silent. When we're silent, you know, what, what, what's that saying, Lisa? The only thing that will cause evil to prevail is when good men do nothing, or I could say, say nothing. So that's where I believe our answer is, is in the Word of God. Absolutely. And, you know, we were talking about the the division that's going on in our nation right now. And, you know, John, we know that it's not going to come by people airing grievances. And it, it, it's not going to come simply by sympathy. It's going to have to come with empathy. And you and I know that empathy means that you listen to the person. 
You listen. You don't, you don't argue back. You don't say, wait, wait, but you know, I never did this or you never did that. Or, you know, you're not listening. You listen, you dignify their pain with listening. That's good. And then once you've listened, you, you really have to hear. You know, because it's like, it's so interesting. You know, Jesus would always say, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Everybody heard him talk. They listened, listened to his speeches, but not everybody had ears to hear what the Spirit was saying. And a lot of times we don't listen long enough so that we can actually hear. And we need everybody to come to this table and be heard. And one of the things that you know, when we were watching what was happening and unfolding, you know, one of, um, I just, I felt like I couldn't not say something. And, and we, you know, you and I both posted on our Facebook and our different social media things about, you know, this is, racism is always wrong. It's never been right. And this needs to be confronted for what it is, that it's ugly and it's hateful and it's divisive and it's destructive. And, and so many people just said, thank you. Thank you for just even saying that. Well, at the same time, we also said, you know, we love police. The, the, the few that have given a horrible vantage, you know, we're not going to do, we're not going to mark the whole police department with that branding any more than we would mark the branding of what's happened, you know, with some gang leaders or people that have been abusive, you know, in, in situations that we would say were, are racial related. So we need to be one people. And, it, and I love what Robbie Zacharias said. He said, in a divided country, we need a united church. We need a united church. The church needs to unite. We need to unite on one thing, that right now, our nation is a mess. And the only one who can heal our nation is God. I'm going to actually read again from the, from the book of Joel. And again, he's talking about what needs to happen for this to happen. He, he's talking about everything has failed, everything has fallen apart. And then in uh, uh, Joel chapter 1, verse 13, he says, And also you priests, put on your robes and join the outcry. You who lead people and worship, lead them in a lament. Spend the night dressed in gunny sacks, you servants of my God. Nothing going on in the place of worship. No offerings, no prayer, nothing. Declare a holy fast. Call a special meeting. Get the leaders together. Round up everyone in the country. Get them into God's sanctuary for serious prayer to God. And when we have this serious prayer, not not a one-off statement during a service, but when there is actually a serious prayer to God, you know, when we begin to say, God, we've, we've made a mess of things and we don't know what to do. You know, God's like, I actually know that you have no idea. And it goes on in, in Joel number two, it says, uh, d- he says, we're going to cry out in, in verse 15. It says, blow the ram's horn trumpet in Zion, declare a day of repentance, a holy fast day, call a public meeting, get everyone there, consecrate the congregation, make sure the elders come, bring in the children too, even the nursing babies. We want to model this. Even men and women on their honeymoon, interrupt them and get them there. Between sanctuary entrance and altar, let the priests, God's servants, weep tears of repentance. Let them intercede. Have mercy, God, on your people. Don't abandon your heritage to condemn. Don't let the pagans take over and rule them and sneer. Where is this God of yours? And it says, at that, God went into action to get his land back. He took pity on his people. God answered and spoke to his people. Look, listen, I'm sending a gift. And that gift, I believe, our nation needs is the gift of repentance. And I believe if we gather 
God will send the gift of repentance. I think a lot of people, they don't even know what that is anymore. But in the gathering, and it's actually like something we, we might have to do as an outward motion, John, before we feel the inward transformation as a church. But I don't know how we can look at what's going on with ISIS, look at what's going on in our nation, looking what's going on with every single thing that we held as sacred being debased and deep de- redefined, whether it's marriage, whether it's, you know, church and worship, and what, you know, whatever it is, if we do not begin to have serious times of repentance and prayer, we will not have this gift of repentance. What does repentance mean? Well, it means to turn. It means a turn of a change of mind and the corresponding actions that we change our mind and say, God, we thought we were smarter than you. God, we thought we don't need you anymore. We thought your scriptures were unnecessary. We thought these were antiquated, outdated. But God, we have tried to do, as you say in your book, the good without God. We have tried to do what is right in our own eyes, and we have set up our own way, and God, we have made a mess. Heal our land. If you look at the garden, the root sin that caused all this chaos to come on the earth, God highlighted two trees in that garden. There was the tree of life, and there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. When man chose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, what he declared to God is, I want to be like you. I want to be able to judge for myself what is good and what is not good. Be like you, apart from you. I need your wisdom to tell me what's good and what's not good. Now, when God had the tree of life there, the tree of life was just living in him, knowing that whatever he had for us was what was best for us. If you look at the book of Proverbs, it says wisdom is a tree of life to those who find her. Our nation needs the wisdom of God right now, but yet we keep pushing it away. We think we know what's good for us, when in reality, we don't. And the further we go down that path, the more the destruction, the more the crime, the more the hatred, the more the divisions we will reap from our saying, we want to be like you, God. We want to choose for ourselves what's good and what's not good. So when you look at these legislative decisions, the money that's being spent in America right now for us to be able to determine who I am, I can self-identify and do this, then what we're saying is, God, you don't know what you did when you made me. That is the the clay clay saying to the potter, potter, you don't know what you did when you made me. You are stupid, That's what we're saying to our creator, and we've got to stop it. We have to have the wisdom of God. We need to proclaim his word. If I look at Israel, and I'm reading through the book of 1 and 2 Samuel right now, when Israel got stupid, when they did really damaging things to their history, is when they said they got away from listening and hearing the word of God on a regular basis. When we as a nation, I mean, if you think about it, when people used to go to school back when we were very young, we would pray, we would hear scriptures in public schools. And you know what? Our nation was blessed as a result. And that's what I believe, Lisa, it means when it says, blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. I believe it's not time for Christians to be quiet. I believe it's time time for us to be brave and for us to speak out and say, we need the wisdom of God. We need to return. That's repentance. So the repentance that you're talking about right now, Lisa, you know, Jesus, the first words out of his mouth was repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Peter, repent so that your sins may be blotted out. So why? So that times of refreshing may come back from the presence of the Lord. 
If you look at what we need, we need to say, God, forgive us for thinking we were wiser than our own creator. We want to return back to the wisdom of God. But somebody's got to say it. Well, I think a lot of people are saying it. And I think that we need to stop attacking each other if we think we don't say it perfectly or say it how we say it. We need to have that unity. And so I'm really excited. I hope that if you're a leader, that you're feeling empowered, that you can speak up and not be intimidated and not being afraid and uh, backing into silence. But you need to speak the truth in love. And it really challenge you to get with your leaders in your area and say, let's humble ourselves. Let's pray together. Let's let's seek God's face and let's see what he will say, that he would turn and heal our land. I love how Joel 3, 1 closes in those days. Yes, at that very time when I put life back together again for Judah and Jerusalem all assemble the godless nations. And that's when God begins to judge. We're not the judge, but God wants to put back life together for his church and i'm excited that if we repent his goodness and his mercy never fails 